Back into the right wing, Farabari with Ruby scores! The first National Hockey League goal for Martin Farabari! A snipe from the circle! It's a one-goal game at 3-2! Well, I, I, I feel every every game more confident, you know. Um, I'm playing a lot of minutes quite, and I'm uh, I'm really happy for every chance I, I got, and uh, I'm just trying to do those small things right, you know, compete, uh, play hard, you know, battle, and uh, just trying to do all, all the time uh, my job, you know, hard work every day. He's played really well. I mean, defensively, he's played well. Offensively, it's nice to see him jump into the play and contribute. That was a big goal at that point in the game at that time, and so it was really nice to see him contribute like that. And he's capable of that. His skating can get him involved in the offense, and he certainly has enough skill level to make a difference in it. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Martin Farivari scores his first NHL goal in a loss to Calgary. Nick Dowd's status in question for tonight in Ottawa, and Ben chats with assistant coach Kevin McCarthy. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, October 25th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. A Caps take on the Ottawa Senators tonight at Canadian Tire Center at 7 o'clock. Still without a regulation loss in the first five games of the season, but lost in overtime on Saturday to the Calgary Flames. For the first time this season, Ben, the Caps had a clunker of a start, allowing three goals in the first period, but their compete was good after that. They rallied to tie the game. They forced overtime included in that what we heard off the top, the first NHL goal for Martin Farabari. He continues to impress. His ice time is increasing. All in all, a great start to the season for the rookie blue liner. Yeah, five games in, and we've said it all season long, dating back to preseason and training camp even. He doesn't look out of place. 2018, second-round pick, 22 years of age. This is still a fairly new experience for him, but he's been fun to watch. And that's one thing I would actually encourage folks who are going to Capital One Arena, if you're at the game, when Farivari is on the ice, I've done this a few times, John. Just watch him. Watch him for the, the duration of a shift. He's fun to watch. He covers a lot of ground. He's not afraid to activate and join the rush, which is part of contributor to his goal the other day. But he'll join the rush. He'll activate. And then he quickly backtracks. He engages in physicality. He takes hits and recovers quickly from them and doesn't seem to slow him down at all. There's a lot of boxes that he checks. He's a lot of fun to watch. And he does a lot of little things. And also not afraid to go up against, I mean, he's had to, he's gone up against top guys, Steven Stamkos of the Lightning, Nate McKinnon of the Avalanche, he was going one-on-one with throughout his shift last week. Just an enjoyable watch and seemingly getting better every game and more minutes and really, really a key cog so far this season. It would seem that the Caps might be without Nick Dowd tonight, not at practice yesterday before the team traveled to Ottawa. A lower body injury listed by the team is day-to-day. And Ben, because of that, some interesting line combinations that we saw yesterday. Connor McMichael sliding into that top six area. Hendricks LaPierre moving back into the 3C that we saw him at at the beginning of the season. Lars Eller with a move down to the fourth line, essentially, though, taking the spot of Nick Dowd. And on this team, that means maybe some big minutes, too, as he goes between Hathaway and Haglin. There have been some struggles for Eller offensively, a point that he acknowledged on Sunday. 
Ian, we've said over the years that when Evgeny Kuznetsov or Nicholas Backstrom have missed time over the years, typically Lars Eller has elevated his play. He's gotten more minutes naturally, but he's contributed more offensively with those minutes. And this year, we haven't seen that just yet. Five games in, he's been limited to one assist. That second line with himself and Sprong and Mantha, looking for a little bit more offensive contribution and Eller himself acknowledging as much uh, yesterday. I think it's been okay. I don't think uh, in having the offensive production that I would expect from myself. So, you know, we, it's it's a long season and I'm confident it'll it'll pick up, but just right now I feel like it, you know, we're getting some looks on the rush and then after that it kind of it kind of dies out a little bit. But, you know, the important part is we we're winning games even though, you know, we we got we need more from from some some guys and uh, I can I have more to give. And real quick, John, one of the other things that Eller acknowledged as well, talking about the need for offensive contributions, he says he's he's comfortable with the defensive play of he and his line mates, but looking to do more once they gain the offensive zone. What he was suggesting was they've had scoring chances that have typically been off the rush or mini break opportunities. But when they gain the zone, they're not spending enough time in the offensive zone. The second chance opportunities, rebound opportunities, etc. They haven't been there. He says too quickly they're being uh, you know put on their heels and having to go back and play defense as a result. Looking for a little bit more sustained pressure is one of the areas he said that he, as well as those he's played with, are looking for a little bit more of. Ben, you mentioned it here on Friday's show when I asked you about the goaltending and whether or not Vitek Vanacek was becoming the team's number one. You said he's the leader for now, but in a month, two months, three months from now, who knows? The three goals Vanacek allowed in the first period in a game on Saturday almost certainly result of the play in front of him. And his pulling really just a wake up to the team more than an indictment of his play. And perhaps maybe that's the point that you were trying to make here on Friday is that this is going to be a back and forth thing. But at the end of the day and at the end of the season, you're going to need both of these guys, Elias Samsonov coming in and he ends up getting the overtime loss. It was a no decision for Vanacek. But over the course of the season, at one time or another, it can change and you're going to need both of them. Back and forth, they might be going here as we move forward here into late October, early November. But yeah, the other day, an example of that, you know, maybe certainly Peter Laviolette comfortable turning to Ilya Samsonov mid-game like that. And to Samsonov's credit, came in cold, you know, to start the second period and showed himself well, gave the Capitals the opportunity to claw their way back, didn't allow a goal until three-on-three overtime when he gave up the eventual game winner. So to an extent, the hard luck loser there in Ilya Samsonov, but maybe that too earned himself a little bit of a look this week. We'll see who ultimately starts tonight against Ottawa and later in the week at home, Detroit, Arizona coming up. But good on Samsonov to pick up his teammate, to pick up his goalie mate, to, as you noted, John, maybe didn't get a good fate in front of him talking about Vanacek. So back and forth they go and one goalie, you know, gets pulled and the other one picks him and the rest of the team up. Probably a theme that, you know, probably not the last time we'll see that this season, certainly. Last year, we did not have the access to coaches and players that we are used to having. And by we, I mean anyone in the media who was not in the team bubble per se. So if you were Samantha Pell or Tarek or or you and me or whomever, it was difficult sometimes because if it weren't on a Zoom call, we weren't really going to be able to be able to ask that question. I say that because you had a chance to sit down with Kevin McCarthy, an assistant coach who we really didn't have much of an opportunity last year to talk to. His resume, fascinating, Ben. I had a chance to finally sit down with him a couple of weeks ago myself, just off the record and just getting to know him a little bit better. 
But this is someone who is from his playing days. I mean, he played, he was a Hershey bear. He coached all over and has been tied with Peter Laviolette going back to Carolina days. And we really didn't get a chance to peel back that curtain a little bit too much and get to talk to him. But that's something that you got a chance to do here recently. Yeah, and covered a lot of ground, uh, primarily about his time here in Washington and the current state of the Capitals, D, but also a little bad. Going to your point, talking about his playing days, his NHL career, he was a captain in his early 20s with the Vancouver Canucks in the early 1980s, was teammates with Mario Lemieux as a rookie. We'll get to that in a few minutes with Kevin McCarthy. But we began our conversation by talking about the here and now, what has been a solid start to the Capitals defensively this season. They'll begin the week, the Capitals will, still having allowed a league in terms of five-on-five even-strength goals against, and their tops in the league in shot suppression. A big difference compared to the start of last season when the Capitals were still getting acclimated with this new system defensively. But so far, so good. Five games in, Kevin McCarthy's thoughts on the start to the Capitals' season defensively. Well, I think I think obviously when you play the likes of Tampa Bay and, and uh, even the Rangers, obviously with their, with their high-octane offense and, and, you know, Colorado, I mean, we, were, we knew we were in for a for a real mm-hmm. uh, tough battles as far as from a, from an offense, a defensive standpoint. But I think, too, you know, you have some, some new personnel, obviously, on the back end. You know, uh, guys playing some minutes that, uh, you know, weren't playing minutes last year. So there's a, a little bit of a gelling factor. And, and I think that, uh, you know, with the addition of Marty, uh, you, you've got a real mobile defenseman mm-hmm. that, that moves the puck well, skates well. I think that, uh, you know, with our pairs the way they are right now, like we feel very comfortable to play them against any line. Uh, it's not like you're trying to uh, hide them against certain lines. Where everybody, can, you know, we, we have confidence in everybody that can do their job offensively and defensively, and it gives us a, a real all-rounded six. And um, you know that's something that uh, you know we talked about in the off-season, and, and uh, trying to make sure that we we just did things uh, a little bit quicker, a little bit uh, more um, you know uh, offense uh, maybe coming from our D this year because of the uh, personnel that we have. You have six guys who could scoot, who could get up and join the rush. I know the league maybe is changing a little bit, but you used to have maybe a rusher and a stay-at-home to compliment him. You'd at least have a stay-at-home type within the six. This is very much, these guys can activate, join the rush. Have have you worked with a six core in, in this mold to this extent? Well, I think this is the first time in quite a while where we've we've had six defensemen, like you like you said, like that that are that could can play that 200 feet uh, 200 foot game. You know, uh, add to the offense and like you said, good play good defense. And that to me, that's the, that's the way the NHL is heading right now. Like you look at every team right now, uh, the way they draft uh, the players that they're getting now, you're getting that hybrid defenseman now that uh, isn't just a one dimensional guy. You know, he can play both defense and offense. And uh, I think that's just part of the game, the way it's evolved. Um, and, and you have to be able to skate now to be able to uh, compete and, and to be able to play at, at a level that's going to give you success. All right, Martin Fervar, he's been fun to watch. What has impressed you? What has allowed him to enjoy the success that, at least so far, he, he's put forth? Well, I think the biggest thing for Marty, one of his biggest assets is his skating, and uh, he uses it well. He gaps up really well. He's uh, he's the guy that's a good defender. You know, he's uh, he moves pucks quickly. Um, he's very strong in his skates. Uh, I think a lot of teams uh, don't realize how strong he is mm-hmm. at times, and I think that uh, that's going to get around once they, they you know they see him play. Um, and obviously playing with Carly has really helped him too. Uh, you know, Carly's one of those guys that uh, doesn't get too emotional you know, after shifts. He comes back and he's really been really good for uh, for Marty because if there is a mistake made, you know, John just talks to him and uh, helps him out. And uh, I think when you got one of the you know one of the best defensemen in the world as your partner, it uh, certainly helps. 
say words going to get around maybe about that toughness. It's almost like he's, he's sneaky tough. He had a shift the other night, Rantanen, McKinnon on the same sequence, getting after him. He, he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't look out of place. No, he, that's one thing, you know, talking to Scotty Allen there, uh, with that, you know, that obviously was, you know, has seen him play in, in Hershey over the last few years. Uh, had said that, you know, he's a strong kid and, uh, you know, he's very evident there when you see him, he's got one of those uh, bodies that uh, there's no, there's no, no fat mm-hmm. on it. It's all, it's all muscle. So uh, he's, he's been very, very effective and I think that uh, that that you know that strength with the combination of his skating has been uh, has been really good for him. One other individual I want to ask you about before you arrived in Washington, Nick Jensen. So it was a little bit of a work in progress. Things very much steadied paired with Zdeno Chara last year. How have you seen him? kind of take off and build off what was a very good season for him personally last year. Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, uh, you know, him and Zia's partner, his partner last year, I thought that was uh, the, probably the best thing for Jens because uh, it, uh, it was really gave him a lot of confidence. I think uh, Zia was one of those guys that, uh, you know, uh, would talk to him after every shift, whether uh, there was a mistake made or not. Uh, there was great communication between those two. And uh, I just felt that uh, Jens uh, played with a lot more confidence because of that. And uh, he's kind of, re- this year he's come in, uh, and I think he's just embraced uh, what happened last year, and he's taken it to another level. Final thing I want to ask you, completely unrelated to day-to-day, first time we're talking to you here on the broadcast, you played with Mario Lemieux his rookie season. Not a lot of guys could say that. <laughs> Maybe not a popular thing in these parts, but what was that experience like when you look back on it 30, almost 40 years later to have yeah. been a part of that? Well, I mean, I, I tell a few stories about uh, Mario because obviously he was a, you know, one of the most gifted players ever to play in this league, and, and uh, you know, even as a rookie, you know, he was 18 years old, and I was a kind of, I guess you would call a grizzled veteran at that point, but uh, you could just see, you just knew uh, he had that presence about him that he was going to be great. And, uh, you know, the way he carried himself as an 18-year-old, his maturity was beyond his years. And uh, he just knew that, uh, you, know, you know, the sky was the limit for him. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, he, his career was, uh, mm-hmm. was one of a kind. Well, appreciate this. A great start to the season here in Washington and continued success. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Thanks very much. That's great stuff, man. The Caps, the Ottawa Senators tonight from north of the border. Seven o'clock starts, 6.45 airtime. Four o'clock, the start of Caps pregame here on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, what's coming up on the show this afternoon? And we'll put the spotlight a little bit on the men down the middle. Heard from Eller earlier this morning, but we'll put the spotlight on Kuznetsov, the penalty kill guru apparently now, but good on him taking advantage of the shorthanded ice time. Connor McMichael as well, continuing to grow more and more comfortable three games into this season. And we will head north of the border, not to Ottawa, but we'll head to Toronto. Luke Fox, Rogers Sportsnet, primarily covers the Maple Leafs. Find out what the heck happened to them over the weekend. That's 7-1 shellacking they took to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll go around the NHL a little bit with Luke Fox from Rogers Sportsnet. Yeah, and we'll check in on what's happening with Chicago with their loss last night and things not going very well for the Blackhawks. We'll get to that too. But Ben, in the meantime, have yourself a great Monday. Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.